Hey yo, what's going on? You tuned in to For All Matters with Divine Thought. Salute everybody listening. Let's just get right into it. I recently did a podcast and I stated how I was getting feedback from people who used to listen to me do a segment called The Beat Goes In on the mixtape show with DJ Kawan. And I was getting a lot of feedback saying, hey, why don't you go back and do another Beat Goes In segment? We really like that. You know, we like to hear what you got to say about the music business. Because during my few years of doing The Beat Goes In, I would be making predictions about the music business. And then a few months later, all of my predictions would come true. Some would take longer than others, but right now, if you go back and listen to my full Beat Goes In catalog, you'll see that I was batting a thousand and pretty much everything I said came true about the music business. That's because I have 20 plus years in the music business in various roles. I know how these corporations move. And as much as I would like to go into other forms of content and not always talk about the music business because a lot of you have other jobs besides being an artist. I know a lot of you that listen to this are artists yourselves or your producers or what have you. A lot of you have other nine to five gigs. Just understand something. For 20 plus years, I've had no other job except for inside the music business. In some form or capacity, every check that I have cashed in my life has been in the music business in some way. So that's all I've talked about. That's been my whole life, right? So I would like to get away from that because I have something known as PTSD from dealing with the fucking music business my entire life. It's a cold business. And as an artist, I got dealt a bad hand. I got blacklisted. I've talked about that in previous segments. When I got other jobs in the business, you know, I'm not the kind of person, if you listen to my content, you would understand I'm not the kind of person that just shuts up and takes shit very well when I know that I'm being wronged or that there's some big problem going on that doesn't seem right. I'm the first one to come out and speak up and speak out about it, even in real life to my bosses and shit. And that never sat well with them. So I got blacklisted in various other ways too. In fact, when I was gonna do the beat goes in, I was told by some of my best friends that work inside the music business, it's not a good idea because you're gonna fuck your entire future up. You'll never get another writer's credit. You'll never be able to work even a little bit inside the business with all the shit you plan on talking about. And at that very moment, I said, cool. Sounds good to me because somebody's got to come out and say some of these truths about the business that even these so-called legends and everyone you see on the breakfast club and all of this type of shit where they talk about their experiences in the music business and all of that. They don't come out and say the real truth about it. And I've always known that. And the people that are in the business know that. But we're told at a very young age and see, I came into this at 16 years old. We're told at a very young age don't come out and speak out about the music business because then bad things happen to you. So it kind of gets programmed into your head. Don't come out and say anything because bad things will happen. You'll never be able to get another check in the business. Took me up until my late 30s to really come out and publicly start talking about it. And you know what? Not to pat myself on the back, right? Not to be egotistical or cocky in any type of way, But in The Beat Goes In, I actually helped out the listeners that heard that way more than any so-called legend 
ever has because when you hear these so-called legends come out and talk about what should artists do? What would be your advice to artists? They always say things like own your masters and be yourself and very vague advice. Me, I went through a one, two, three, A, B, C, what to do. Own the copyrights to your music, register your music for track airplay, so on and so forth. During the time of me doing the beat goes in, I dealt with a lot of people who just wanted to argue and complain and say I didn't know what I was talking about. I would get all this feedback and people just disagreed all the time. And I noticed it was usually people who have absolutely no experience whatsoever inside the real music business. And yes, right now the music business has changed a lot because of this COVID-19 bullshit. So the whole business has became inverted. It's not the way that it used to be pre-virus. And it's going to take 10 to 15 years to reboot the entire business. I could end this podcast right now by just saying there is no more music business and stop it there. And I would still be batting a thousand and I would be right. There is no more music business. And yes, that means for you too, indie artists, because a lot of you think that you're independent, but you still upload your music to Spotify and Apple and Tidal and all of this shit. And they're still owned by major labels, which means that you're signing a bad record deal and you get fractions of pennies for your music. To this day, I still get in disagreements with artists who swear how independent that they are. And I tell them, you're not independent. There is no more physical copies. The independence of an artist has been taken away, even more so now post-virus. And I understand a lot of people would say, well, wouldn't this open up the door more for artists? It could if you do it right. But what I've learned over the years is that a lot of people don't do it right. They try to take shortcuts, most people. And since every person with breath in their lungs swears that they're an artist or a producer or something, everybody thinks that they're an artist or a producer or something. That's just the way it is. Go outside first person you see say yo do you make music I bet you they say yeah I make beats or I bet you they say yeah I got this song and then they try to show you their IG or something putting work in online does not mean that you paid your dues there is one music business there is one music industry even post virus now there is still only one music business and one music industry at this point I have to run a disclaimer. My views are my views and my views only. They do not represent the views of DJ Kawan, NGI Radio, or anybody affiliated with it. Okay, get past the disclaimer. Now, another disclaimer. If you're easily offended, number one, I don't like you if you're easily offended. However, this would be the time to tune out. If you get triggered by certain words, So if I say the word Jewish and you get triggered by it, or if I say gay or homosexual and you get triggered by those words, just tune out. Go watch CNN or MSNBC. Go see if The Breakfast Club has a new video up on YouTube. Just tune out because me and you are not going to get along if you're easily offended by words. I have to tell the truth, okay? So people value my podcast and my segments in the past and my content 
for my honesty, for me being forthcoming and telling the truth. I can't tell you the truth about what's going on with the music business if I leave out certain words. I have nothing against Jewish people or gay people or bisexuals or nothing like that. In fact, I know plenty of gay people and bisexuals and Jewish people that I like way more than I do all of you who become offended on their behalf. I'm a up is up and down is down guy. I have to tell the truth. So I have to say certain words. So that disclaimer aside, right? Everything I just said is true. So you can't listen further past this part and get offended. Like I said, tune out. If you're a grown ass man and you feel like you're going to have your menstrual cycle because of any of those words I just said, now's the time. Tune out. Okay, going forward. Some news that's been happening in the music business since the last time that I've done a segment is Tencent and ByteDance and Tegna are in the news, all Chinese companies. There's a lot of moving and shaking when it comes to TikTok and the ownership right now and the politics of it all. It's not gonna take me long to explain this. Just like in the real world and politics and all of that, China wants to own the entire entertainment business. They wanna have stake in it. And that's what they're doing. What China does is they go and they buy up all of these assets or they get co-ownership of all of these assets in the entertainment business in general, not just in the music business. And then they try to resell it, but they usually try to keep at least 50% of ownership just so they can have some residuals going forward, but they try to resell it. Right now, they're going through the buying up phase. So all of this Microsoft is gonna have their own version of TikTok and all of this. At the end of the day, it's gonna be a co-ownership between ByteDance and Microsoft, and it's just gonna be a way to move the money around. The Jewish people that are at the top of the entertainment business will do business with the Chinese companies that are buying up everything right now. Because if those rich devils went to go buy it up themselves, it would just cost them more money. Now, what do they think about most? Money. So what China thinks about most is property, assets. So what they do is they go and they buy up all of this shit and then they'll put it all together in a nice package and then they'll come back to the rich devils in the entertainment business with one big nice package and then instead of having to bid or buy a whole bunch of different properties and assets, those rich devils, those Jewish people at the top of the entertainment business only have to pay for one big bid or one big purchase, if you will. And that's what's going on. So that solves the whole TikTok nonsense. I called it a year ago, by the way, in the segment. Now, Tencent, they actually own stake in record labels. There's three major record labels left. What just recently happened is they now own a larger percentage in the record labels. They own more assets, more capital, capital being the music the intellectual properties. As I've said before, there's only three major labels left because all those other labels from the past, Motown and just keep going on down the line, all got bought out 
by these three major labels. And now these three major labels own every piece of music that's ever been made. Well, Tencent is making a move in on all of that. Mind you, Tencent and ByteDance are sister companies. Tegna, also a Chinese company, went and bought up most of broadcasting. That would be FM radio and so on and so forth, local radio stations, uh, big name radio stations, local TV stations, etc. These are all sister companies. So it's coming together exactly how I just explained it. When Joe Rogan got the Spotify deal, there was this talk about, well, is that going to change the way that artists can move within the industry? Is that going to change the way that independent content creators like myself can make moves? And at first, I was a little optimistic about it. But in the back of my head, I was like, nah, these rich devils are going to figure out a way to fuck it all up. And that's exactly what's happening. And you've heard me give Joe Budden shit in the past. In my opinion, Joe Budden is a great lyricist. Actually, one of the top lyricists of my time, of my era. He was rapping in my era when I was an artist. Top tier lyricist, in my opinion. Very fucking annoying now. I don't like his content. I don't like his podcast. I don't really like anything that he does currently. But I will give you a little bit of knowledge about what's going on. Joe Budden set the standard when it came to Spotify and exclusive deals. Joe Budden, unfortunately, was an experiment for Spotify. His podcast was looked at as an analytics grab. They were seeing how many people would come in for podcasts in general because prior to that deal, Apple pretty much owned all of the stake for podcasting. That's where you went for podcasting was Apple. Spotify wanted to get into it, but they didn't know the analytics of it all. So they gave Joe Budden a shot. They gave him some M's to come on board. Well, they used him as kind of an analytics situation. Shortly after that, they figured out that podcasting was a very tangible business that could bring in a whole lot of money. See, the music business and podcasting and content creation and all of that, they're eerily similar. It's just that the music business has been around so long. This podcasting thing, as far as being lucrative, is fairly new. So shortly after Spotify got the analytics back of the Joe Budden podcast being successful, actually being number one, they went out and they bought firms that deal with podcasting and media creation, like Parcast and I think there was a few others that they went out and they acquired. They just flat out acquired them and now Spotify owns them. They didn't have that upon the original deal with Joe Budden. Joe Budden's podcast was an experiment with analytics. And now Joe Budden's deal with Spotify is up. I don't know what's going to happen with that in the future. Honestly, I don't care. I have no dog in that fight. I'm just giving you some information about some shit that's going on in the entertainment business and in the music business. I think I seen a video where Joe Budden was speaking out about this, though. And he's right about a lot of the shit that he said where Spotify was trying to do him dirty and he kind of caught it because he has experience in the music business. And when you've been burnt in the music business enough, 
you can start to spot when people are trying to jerk you around. It's real easy to spot because the music business, not what you guys do when you just post your track online and you make a new IG video. I'm talking about the real music business where either you have a job in the music business or you've been signed to a label or sat down with a label, the actual business itself. When you've dealt with that, you understand what it's like to be jerked around and you can start to spot it, especially if you've been in it as long as he has. Like I said, I've been in the music business in and around it in various roles for over 20 years, so I can spot some of these jerk moves when they're about to happen or when they happen. I can see it from a mile away. When I got stuck in my Interscope deal, I was very young. I learned a lot from that experience. You know, I signed certain paperwork that made me liable for certain shit in the future. Took me a long time to get out of that contract. I had to do shit that I really didn't want to do to get out of the contract, like ghostwrite for a label and get absolutely no fucking credit for it. Like when I say that I sat in the room with the same people who signed M shortly after, just a few years after they signed M, I'm telling the truth. I have paperwork to back it. And I had to do dumb shit that I did not agree with to get out of that deal. The music business is cold. I had to ghostwrite and shit for people that are on that label that are widely known for writing their own shit. <laughs> That's a joke. Most people that you grew up listening to, I'm sorry to tell you, did not write their own shit. Even the ones widely regarded as MCs that wrote their own shit did not write their own shit. So I had to write for a widely known lyricist and get out of my record deal in other ways, right? You can just call me Divine the Five Nine if you want to. So I say all of that to say this, the music industry is not what it appears to be from an outsider looking in on it. All of these headlines recently and everything, whenever you see a headline, if you believe that headline, just in general, I'm talking about mainstream media when it comes to anything in this world, but especially the music business and the entertainment business. If you see a headline, just know that's the only thing you know that it's not. So for instance, if you see a headline that says, Drake is now independent, you can tell yourself, oh, there's a lot going on, but the one thing that it's not is Drake being independent. If you believe what the media tells you, if you believe mainstream media and these headlines, even the entertainment business media, if you believe that, that's like believing in Santa Claus. It's ridiculous. That means you're easily fooled. That means you're a sheep. If you see a headline and you don't know better than to not believe that, that means you have no experience in the music business and you should never talk about it again. Drake is not independent. Drake will never be independent. Drake came into business at a very young age and he started to get yapped up by all of the industry devils. Jimmy Iovine and the rest of them. And yes, I know that Cash Money Baby and Lil Wayne and uh, Jay Prince and all of these people have stake in on Drake's music. But above them is people like Jimmy Iovine. It will always be the industry devils. It'll always be some Jewish man at the top that will always have full control 
over something when it comes to the entertainment business or the music business or in a lot of industries, let's just be honest. That's facts. That's why in the 90s, Suge Knight was so tough with everybody else. He grabbed Vanilla Ice and hung him off a balcony and did all of this other tough guy shit, right? But you never seen him do anything like that to Jimmy Iovine because there's people like Jay Prince and Baby and Diddy and all of these people, they're industry gatekeepers. I'd even throw Hove in there. They're industry gatekeepers. To me and you, they have a lot of money, influence. I'll never make as much money as some of these people have, Diddy and Hove and all of that. I couldn't even dream about having that much money. So to us, they seem like the pinnacle of success. Let me just be clear with you. They're mid-level when it comes to the business. They're gatekeepers. They round up publishing and contracts and they jerk around other artists and then they bring all of that shit, all of the contracts and the publishing and everything else up to the industry Jews. That's what they do. They bring it up to the industry devils. They know their place. If they start to try to go too rogue away from the situation, all that happens is they start to get exposed and doxxed and canceled. And before you know it, they have no job in the industry anymore. That's the way it works. I'm sorry to tell you this, but this is the truth. Once those industry gatekeepers start to feel themselves way too much, the top of the business, those industry devils that I keep speaking of, they find a way of getting rid of those gatekeepers. So the ones that you've seen around the longest, yeah, they're very influential. In fact, some of them might really be on the street doing what they say that they be doing. Wouldn't want to fuck with a lot of them. But trust me, they don't do all of that shit when it comes to the top devils in the industry. They don't play them games with them. That's the way this business is. Jimmy Iovine, for the most part, still owns and will forever own Drake. It's just the way it is. You really think that Drake comes in at a young age, doesn't really know what he's doing, signs all types of bad contracts, which he did, gets yapped up in all of these different directions, and then when he gets out of this long deal, all of a sudden he knows what he's doing. OVO is an imprint. It's not a record label. It's an imprint. People get this shit fucked up all the time. If we are to believe that Drake is now independent with OVO, that by definition means that OVO is now on the same level as Warner Music and shit, which it's not. Of course it's not. It's an imprint for a major label, and it will always be that. The major label that owns OVO still owns Drake. You have to get grandfathered in when it comes to this business. If you want to really truly own an imprint, you have to get grandfathered in by someone or some entity attached to a major label. It's the same thing if you want to self-publish your music. You have to be grandfathered in. That's a secret that the industry has that they don't really tell people. So there is no way Drake is independent. You really think, what's that dude, 40 or whatever in OVO? You think that Drake and 40 and all fucking douchebags are really going to rival Warner Music? Come on, man. If you believe that, you're an idiot. If you believe that, you believe in Santa Claus. Drake still has handlers. He always will. Yes, 
these people like Drake, they get rewarded for the shit that they do. At first they have very bad contracts and as time goes on, they get rewarded more and more for the success that they bring their handlers, the major labels and shit. So they allow more success and more money into the pocket of these puppets like Drake and shit. But if you think Drake owns his music and just is rich because of his music, he's not. He's rich because his handlers are allowing him to have a certain flow of money, but Drake did not get all of the money that he should have got from his music. He did not get all of what he earned with his music, put it to you that way, and he never will. No matter how many years he puts in this game, he came into business too young and signed too many contracts. It's a wrap. Just like that other recent shit that happened with Nick Cannon, where he came out and he was talking bad about Jewish people or whatever. Come on, man, that's a pub stunt. And if you don't see that that's a pub stunt right from the jump, that means you have no understanding about the music business and how it works. Nick Cannon, again, came into the business very young. Not only that, but he executive produces shows, he's been in movies and all of that. He knows good and damn well that he shouldn't go out there if he wants to continue to have his status and say those things about Jewish people. He knows better. And then the apology afterwards should tell you that he wanted to keep that status. Or he would have said, I stood by everything I said and what? But then what you would see is a GoFundMe account for Nick Cannon because he would be losing his house. He would be losing everything he owns because all of those Jewish people would take everything from him because they have all of his contracts. OK, they're the ones that employ him. So what really happened was wilding out and all of that shit that he does because of the virus, they're not shooting the show. There's not a lot he can do as far as performance wise because, you know, places are shut down and everything. So what they did was they said, hey, go out and say some bad shit about us. We'll do a pub stunt. Go out and say some bad shit about us and then we'll make you apologize. And then it'll remind people subconsciously that you don't fuck with us like that. Because every once in a while, they have to remind people, even if it's subconsciously, to get the story out in their media that if you talk bad shit about these industry devils, that bad things can happen. That's all that was. Then he did the apology. All is well. He'll have his show back. He'll have everything like usual. It was a pub stunt. And I knew it was from the beginning. There was nothing to discuss. Had he came out and said, I stand by everything I said, we'd be having a different discussion because I'd be telling you, go donate to his GoFundMe because he's going to lose everything. They do these pub stunts, man. The industry does it all the time. Everything that kid Takashi 69 does is a pub stunt and it's all industry sponsored. You think he fires up IG and just does all that shit by himself because he thought of it? No. He got told to do it by marketing and PR and all of that type of shit. They tell him to do that. It's all entertainment. And I know I'm going to have people disagree with me, and that's fine. I'm used to it. I'm used to having people that have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to the music industry disagree with me. I've even heard when I tell people, you're not an artist if you're just doing this as a hobby. Like if you don't own your own copyrights, 
If you don't own your own publishing through BMI or ASCAP, that means you're doing this as a hobby, whether you're an artist or a producer or whatever. If you don't own your own shit, you're not an artist. You're not a producer. You're doing this for fun. And then I get the kumbaya bullshit back at me. No, you can be an artist if you do any kind of art. If you just do art, that makes you an artist. Sounds good for a Tumblr quote, but you cannot apply that to the one music business and the one music industry that there is. That would be the equivalent of going to a construction site where you see people working on the road and tearing up the road and doing all of that, right? Building shit and tearing shit down. And they have their construction vests on and they're properly licensed, right? They have a real job in construction. And then you come up next to them with a Lego set, toys. And then you start building a little house with Legos. And then you look at those construction people and say, look, I do what you do. It's the equivalent of that. Unless you're really in the music business or have some kind of experience in the music business, business, the money exchange, commerce, unless you've been a part of that in any way, shut up. You should not have any opinion about what's going on in the music business unless you have experience in said business. You're not qualified. Some of these same people who refused to get on stage pre-virus, I would be doing segments saying, man, you're not an artist if you have a new song out that you're too scared to get on stage and perform. And people would always try to argue with me and shit because they have stage fright. That's what it all came down to. They have stage fright and they don't want to really do everything it takes to be an artist. They have their favorite artist that they listen to, whether it's from last era or this era, but they don't want to do everything that artist really did. They just want the likes on social media and the credit from their Twitter clicks and from their IG followers and everything else. They don't want to really go out and do all of the shit in real life that an artist should do if you really want to make it somewhere in this business. Pay the dues and shit. We have those same people now that refuse to get on stage pre-virus. Now, I understand you can't get on stage because everything's shut down and whatever. So I understand that now, but those same people are giving me the excuse like, well, I can't get on stage. I'm like, motherfucker, you wouldn't get on stage before the virus anyway. Now you just have an excuse. So all of this shit that's happening politically with this virus and everything, the shit being shut down, all of these venues being closed and all of that, it's just giving a lot of let's say bathroom rappers, an excuse to not go on stage. Now they have a reason. And that's unfair. I shouldn't even really just say rappers because it's not just rappers. There's singers that are lazy too, that won't get on stage and do what they need to do. I know that because I actually have a few signed and it's hard to get people motivated who don't want to be motivated and do what they need to do in this business. It's just the way it is. And there's something else going on right now that I would say is the final nail in the coffin of the current music business and music industry as we know it. If you're 34 or older, 75% of the people that you grew up listening to, whether it's hip hop or rock music or country or whatever, whatever kind of music you grew up listening to, 75% of those artists 
are now selling off their publishing and selling off their copyrights. And not just the artists, the writers behind the music, the producers, they're selling off their rights. And when you don't know how to file copyrights and when you don't know anything about the music business like publishing and everything, this might not hit you in the same way it does someone like me that understands everything about the business side of the industry. To sell off your publishing, that's bad enough. That's pretty bad. When it gets to the point that you have to sell off your publishing, that's pretty bad. It's even worse when you sell your copyrights because that means you can't come back. When you file a copyright, you can file it three ways. You can file it as the lyricist, the one who wrote the music, or you can file it as the person who made the beat or the instrumental behind it, or both. And I've said this many times, but a lot of your favorite artists growing up, they did not write their own music. So right now you're seeing some of the writers that are in a bad spot financially selling off their rights to the music they wrote for an artist you love. So number one, if you pay attention to the music industry news, it'll expose everybody that you grew up listening to that you thought wrote their own music, number one. Number two, now that artist gets exposed for having signed a bad deal, for having signed a bad contract. So basically, it's just going to prove everything I've ever said right even more. <laughs> it really is. Because I say this a lot and people disagree with me. Most of your favorite artists, these quote legends that you grew up listening to, they don't own their masters. They don't own their own publishing. They don't even own their own copyrights. They don't own their music in general. They gave all of those rights up to the label that they signed to. Most of the artists that you know and love only have something called mechanical royalties, which means that they get paid when they go perform. Right now, you can't perform many places, especially if you're an indie artist, because the smaller venues have closed down for good in most cases, and in the other cases of the big venues, they're at a limited capacity. And this virus bullshit ain't gonna stop no time soon. So the big capacity places, now they're at a small capacity. And they're gonna get booked up real quick. There's not a lot of spots for performances, whether you're an independent artist or a major label artist. A lot of these artists that you know and love they were relying on the check from performing the music that you know and love. They don't get paid for it when it gets played in TV and film and all of that. The label does, still to this day, even if the song's 30 years old. They have to make the money on the back end when they perform it. Now they're losing money because they can't perform the song as much as they used to or at all. So what a lot of these artists are being forced to do is contact the writers that wrote the music for them and do a split. Hey man, can you sell the rights off and then me and you will do kind of a split and everything because I know the economy's bad for you right now too as a writer and it's bad for me. So let's just sell this off and do a split. Let's just try to get these copyrights off too. Let's just try to get all of the pub off, blah, blah, blah. 
right? So that's what's going on. And there's these meat puppets, these absolute devils that are sharks. And they seek out to do nothing except buy copyrights and publishing. For instance, one that's going around right now and buying up everyone's publishing and everyone's copyrights. It's a company called Hypnosis. And that company is ran by one of the biggest industry devils that there is. And if you worked in the music business, you would know his name, Merck Macchiatis. Merck just bought a good percentage of RZA's publishing and a good percentage of RZA's copyrights. Now, I'm not gonna go too much into this because this is a Wu-friendly platform. We love Wu-Tang over here. So I'm not gonna go too much into all of that. I could, I did music with one of the members' cousins like 10, 12 years ago. I know all of what happened behind the scenes in the Wu. Just so you know, there's a reason why most members barely tolerate RZA. RZA never had the ability to move and shake in the business the same way as a lot of these industry devils do. So he's always had the B-side of every deal or contract that he's ever done. He's not a good businessman to that level. When it comes to doing business at the very highest level of the business, RZA has never been good at that. But it's not technically all his fault because he's one of those gatekeepers. The reason why these people go around and buy up all of the publishing and the copyrights from these artists and from these producers like what Merck is doing right now is because they have more equity and more of a friendship and a connection with the very top of the business. Like I was saying, all the Jewish people that run the business from the very top, people like Merck, they have a better relationship with those people than let's say a RZA would. So when they go and they purchase up all of the publishing and the copyrights from all of the gatekeepers and all of these other artists and writers and producers, they're able to flip it at a higher rate than the gatekeepers like RZA or these artists or writers ever could because they know the right people. Once you have a certain amount of money, it gets you in different rooms. And people like Merck Macchiatis, they can get in the right rooms. So what RZA could do with all of that, Merck can do even more with it. So that's why you see all of this going on right now. Like No ID just sold off most of his catalog or his whole catalog of beats. What that did was it fucked up a lot of those songs now. Now the ownership goes to Merck which then can get those songs played in dumb shit. It could be in a Cheez-Its commercial now. It could be in a motherfucking Frosted Flakes commercial now. Now, the meat puppets of the industry, the, the high-level Jewish people, the high-ranking industry devils now own most of the music that you grew up listening to. And it's going to continue on like this. You're going to see Hypnosis and Merck Macchiatis by so many people's publishing and copyrights in the coming months. New York and LA are barren now. Not only because people are trying to move from there and get into other states and shit because the whole economy is getting flushed out. Not just that, but because there is no more music business. There is no more way to earn a living in 
the parts of New York and LA that you were able to earn millions and millions and millions of dollars before. So now people are literally cashing their last music business check. They really are. When they're giving up their publishing and especially their copyrights, that means they have no more attachment to that music, which means they get no more residuals. So essentially, when someone like Merck comes and buys up all of this shit, that check that they give will be the last check that that artist or producer or gatekeeper gets in the music industry. And it's sad. So rest in peace to the music business that we used to know. Rest in peace to a lot of these acts that we know and love because they're not gonna have any more money going forward. It's gonna be bad for them. They're gonna have to use the money they get off of that last check and space it out. So I've said a lot of what the problems are. I've said a lot about what's going on right now in the music industry. I've vented a little bit, but I don't like to just leave it there. I like to have the problem talked about right and then a little bit of a solution. I've said that there is no more music business and that doesn't leave a lot of room for anybody to do anything. It's like, well, if there's no more music business and then what can we do? Not much. To be completely 100% honest, it's gonna take about 10 to 15 years for the music business to reset itself, to reboot itself. And there's only one industry and there will only continue to be one industry. And a lot of the people that are at the top that I keep speaking of, these industry devils, they're the same devils that are in the world too with the politics. They're friends with all of the world leaders and everything else. Rich people know each other. Corporations know each other. Money works with money and makes more money. That's how it works. So when all of these world politics are going on and it affects the entertainment business, best believe that the people at the top of the entertainment business were forewarned about it and they have plans to deal with it ahead of time. But in the meantime, the major labels will continue to out of nowhere, pull someone off of social media and have this whole mainstream act where they make shitty music for two to three years, sign them to a 360 deal and rinse and repeat that. You'll see that mainstream will continue to be mainstream through all of this. You'll still see that same shit where they just take advantage of young artists that don't know no better and they sign them to bad contracts and force them to do shitty music. That will continue. The hard part is now that small venues are closed, if that's not the avenue that you want to take, because there's only a one in a million chance that could even happen to you to begin with, because it's all crabs in a bucket. They just reach down and they just pick one at random to now make them a puppet for the industry. So if that's not the road you wanted to take, what do you do? If you really wanted to make good music and be an independent artist because a lot of these small venues are shut down, so the venues that you would perform at to work your way up, they're now shut down. And the big venues, they're at a smaller scale, which means way less money, even if you land a big venue. So what's the answer here? At this point, there's only one thing you can do, and it's to become a brand. And I keep saying it. It's the same thing I said before the virus, but now it's even more applicable. Okay, so let's say you rap right now. What separates you from everyone else? And if you tell me that it's because you rap good, I'm done listening to you. Okay, you rap good. What else? Because it's no longer about the music. It's 
How can you separate yourself from what everyone else is doing? And it's not just by your bars. And if you're a singer, it's not just how good you sing. That's not what it is because there's so many people doing it that if that's what you're relying on, just your talent, you're never going to make it. Not even as an independent artist. What can you do as a brand that separates yourself from everyone else? Because everyone else is just trying to get by by either copying what the mainstream is doing or thinking that they're so talented that they're just going to be able to separate themselves from everyone else. And neither one of those things are true. So when you start thinking in terms of how can I be a brand as an artist, how can I be a brand as a producer or whatever it is that you're doing, then you're going to start to have more success. It's about maximizing your time, space and resources. And I used to say, get some type of campaign going on on Patreon. X that right now, because I personally know people that are in litigation with Patreon. All you got to do is Google Patreon court case, Patreon litigation. You'll see what I'm talking about. But it's not looking good for Patreon. Mark my words, in a year, they're going to have way different restrictions for their website or they just will go out of business. It's not looking good for them right now. They're going to pay out a whole lot of money to people real soon because what they tried to do was police what you were doing on other platforms. So if you had a campaign going on with your music and whatever, it didn't matter what you were doing and posting on Patreon, they were looking at what you were doing on other websites and other places and everything. And if you were doing offensive shit, what they deemed as offensive in any way, then they were now policing that on their platform, which is illegal and they can't do that and it violates their own terms and conditions. So they have a lot of money to pay out right now because they took a lot of people off their platform that they legally weren't allowed to. So that aside, I wouldn't say Patreon anymore. There's other ways you can raise money. But before you even talk about raising money, you have to talk about how can you be different? Well, what do you hear when you hear an artist being interviewed, even an independent artist? Let's say that you're listening to an independent music platform, right? And there's an independent artist that's being interviewed. Listen to what's going on in that interview. The DJ or the host or the interviewer asks them a question like, what inspired you to make music? And then usually what happens is that independent artist answers that question in the most PC, bland, boring way possible. And then the interviewer or the DJ or host goes on with the interview and they're not doing anything wrong. See, the DJ, the host, whatever, they're supposed to ask these questions. That's their job. They have to ask you these questions. In fact, if they didn't do that, they wouldn't be doing their job. But when they ask the question, you don't have to answer it. This isn't a deposition, right? You're not in a court case. So be different. First of all, whenever I've been asked in an interview why I started making music, I never lied. I never said, well, because I was inspired at a young age and by this artist and that artist and I really liked hip hop and blah, blah, blah. I never said that. What I would say is because I wanted fame and money. Next question. 
be different. That's going to grab the attention of people. That's going to grab the attention of the platform that you're on even more. Because you didn't start making music because you were so inspired and you really loved the art. That's not why you started making music. You heard music, whether it was when we was young years ago, people of my age, we heard it on the radio and TV and shit. These days it's streaming services and, you know, people staring at their phones all day and shit. Whatever it was, you saw other people doing it with the fame and the money, and that's what you wanted. So just be honest and say that. You could also love what you do. You could also love the art, but that's not why you wanted to record your music and then go and get likes with it. That's not why you wanted to do it. You wanted it so you could get famous. You wanted it so you could get money and all the shit that comes along with that. You've seen the lifestyle that you thought these artists were living and you wanted that too. So just be honest about it. Stop lying. And if you can get to a point where you're doing a live show somewhere, actually performing in real life, just don't do the basic show. I remember I never headlined a ticket, but when I was performing music many years ago, if I was opening up for an artist, I knew that I didn't have the crowd. I knew that the crowd was busy doing other shit. I knew that I was not who they came to see. And that largely, when I got on stage, everybody would be ignoring the opening act. I knew that, going ahead. So what I did was, I would stop when I got on stage. I'd tell the people, stop playing the beat. And then I'd say, hey, bartender, since everybody looking at you, why don't you come on stage and grab this mic? And you know what that did? That got everybody looking at me. And then when the bartender laughed, and then the people laughed, I said, drop the beat. That's what you got to do. Shit like that. I remember I flew over to London because a radio station wanted to interview me because I was getting a lot of radio spins over here. I was already kind of experienced a little bit by the time I did the London trip. So I was getting radio spins and everything and they wanted to interview me in person. So I said, OK, I'm going to make the best of this trip, especially since I got to pay for it. So I went over there. It was ninety two point five. I remember exactly what happened when I got in. I didn't much like the food over there. I didn't like the food in the UK. I just don't like the food, right? It is what it is. Nothing against the UK. I just don't like the food. So I sat down and the DJ was like, what inspired you to make music and how long have you been making music and all the normal questions? And I said, I don't know about all that, but right now, I'm inspired to get some real food because this food that y'all be eating over here sucks. And he laughed and said, why? What are you used to eating? And then it kind of broke the ice in a new way. And whoever was listening to that station in the UK probably was like, yo, who the fuck is this? And then listened to me as opposed to saying, who's this? I don't know them and turning the channel. You got to find ways as an artist to break away from what everyone else is doing. If you can't find ways to break away from what everyone else is doing, and then you're not gonna get anywhere. Not as an independent artist, not as an independent producer, not as nothing. So I hope that I've answered some questions. I hope that I've satisfied a few people who was asking me to do a podcast about the music business and miss me doing content on the music business. I'm not going to do it so much, but I will cover the music business every so often on this podcast because 
The more I try to get away from the music business and just ignore it, the more I feel like it needs my commentary and I got to speak on it. So instead of me just ignoring it, I'm going to do some shit on the music business every so often. And I wanted to say something else before I land this plane and get out of here. I just went down this rabbit hole when I was bored on YouTube because I was waiting for somebody. And I came across this, quote, independent music platform where they have like a panel discussion with three people sitting down and discussing the music industry and they have guests on and all of this. And it was disgusting. Coming from somebody who understands the music business, I was watching it and I was laughing. I was like, damn, yo, they actually get away with having a show like this and nobody calls them out on it. Yo, that's crazy. But then I just realized that's kind of the norm. And I just want to point out, if you have an independent music platform right now where you quote help artists or where you talk about the music industry or whatever, never sit down and have a panel discussion unless you A, have Songs that are recorded that you own the copyrights to. B, that you actually own your own publishing to said songs. C, that you've been on stage and actually performed or worked inside the music business in a real, actual way. If you don't check those boxes, then you should not have a show dedicated to talking about the music industry. You should not have a show dedicated to talking about the music business in any capacity whatsoever because you don't understand it. And I'm not on here telling people what they should or shouldn't do. Go ahead. I'm just going to tell you that the fruit is not going to multiply metaphorically. You're going to go nowhere because you don't know what you're doing. When I was watching this particular shit, and I would call him out by name right now, that's how little I cared. I forget. I forget their name. But when I was watching this shit and I was waiting for my peoples, they had an A&R that used to work for a major label as a guest. And this A&R comes on and he immediately senses what I sense, that these hosts, quote, have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to the music business. So this A&R just starts lying about the music business, left and right. And the hosts are like, yeah, that makes sense. And this, and I could tell that the A&R is just having fun talking about shit and lying about shit. And the hosts didn't have the tools to check him on nothing. So really, anybody who watched that video of this platform All they did was get a whole bunch of lies about the music business. So you're not doing a service to yourself if you're a platform discussing things about the music business if you have absolutely no knowledge about the music business in real time. It's actually quite pathetic to watch and to witness. And they was talking about, we tell the truth about what really goes on in the music business and all of this. I'll just end it with this. Unless... There is some big wave of people coming out and talking about how most of the people we grew up listening to were closet homosexuals or bisexuals and or did not write their own music. I don't want to hear about it. The second that I hear somebody say all of what I just said just then, I will rejoice. Because then I'll know that the real truth is starting to get out. That's the way the music business works. I'm sorry to tell you. At the top of it, that's the way it is. Nothing against 
bisexuals or homosexuals or nothing like that. I'm just telling you the secrets that they keep. That's all. And I know it from firsthand experience because certain situations that you might find yourself in as an aspiring artist or when you work inside of a job inside the music business, some of that funny style shit happens and they try to test to see if you're willing to do it. And that's why you haven't heard too much of me as an artist and I was blacklist and really you know me from my content because I wasn't with all that funny style shit. But like I said, to each their own. But when I start hearing that type of truth being said, that's when I'll rejoice that the truth is finally coming out. So thanks to everybody who's tuned in and you can hit me up at forallmatterspodcast at gmail.com. Love mail, hate mail, I love it all. Until next week, I said my piece. <laughs>